Now, Justin, this one, I'm going to be honest with you, is going to be a short one. We were interrupted, okay, folks? We were interrupted. You and I, all, all, already running a little late, uh, to, be, to be honest. True. Um, and then we got a little sneak peek at the highly anticipated blockbuster sequel, Twisters. <laughs> um, the sequel to the 1999 film, Twister. Um, is it 1999? Did I just pull that out? I, I you maybe you did. I just remember going on the Universal ride of Twister and it being one of the worst rides I've ever been on. 1996. Dude, come on. I'm sorry. How, I'm you sorry. I mean, you don't even remember movies from before you were born? How could I not? Ugh. How could I not? It's a good flick though. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen it maybe twice. Um I like it quite a bit. And now we got Twisters with Glenn Powell. Uh-huh. And a bunch of and and the guy from uh, he goes, don't make me laugh. You've been dancing all night. Bah, bah, bah. It's it, Robert uh, Downey Jr. No, it's it's Ben Stiller. It's a it's a musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. That was his one in the Heights. In the Heights. Yes. In the Heights. Never seen it. In the Heights man is in Twisters. I haven't seen it either. I just know him. I have to say I, did, I was less impressed with both Hamilton and in the Heights after I heard some music from in the Heights after hearing Hamilton because I'm like, oh, this is different with just oh, less you, imperialism. You just did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard um, I heard in the Heights described as it's just like an old Navy ad with little normal Miranda <laughs> jump stickers. <laughs> Um, I can't, I can't verify that. I don't know. I don't know anything no proof, about no it, but, yeah. um, yeah, it could be the case, but yeah. So, so, um, was it two tornadoes? Did they touch down in, in Illinois here? Right uh, by us, sort of sandwiching us? There are probably a few and I don't know about you, but I've taken, I'm, I'm serious about tornadoes now. I used to be laissez faire about it, but when there was a tornado, literally and then like one fucking barreled feet. down our street. Yeah. Yes. Like feet away from us. Now I'm like, actually, this is something yeah. you should listen to. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's the sort of thing where like, I like, you know, you see them in movies, yeah. but like, it's fine. We're, it's not fine. No, it's like, not like Mm-mm. you, you drive down that. What street is that? Where it like really hit, you know what I'm talking Jane's, about right down. Jane's, is that Jane's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's like just houses are just gone, yeah. just completely gone. Um, yeah, so I, I also take them seriously. I did not know what was happening well, until you texted me, my mom texted me, and it started healing. Yeah, all yeah I texted you. I was like, watching you. It just got home. I was like, you just got home. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, why? What's wrong? <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. Um, we're fine, by the way, everyone. Thanks for the thanks for the concern. I'll tell you this though: this tornado um, uh, ruined a wonderful intro I had. Um, I saw the movie Madam Web this week. <laughs> And um, I guess I guess I'll talk about it next week or maybe I won't. I, I, it was going to be very funny. I, uh, I had I'm, some things that I was going to say about it. To be honest, I need to hear this. So I will, I will be excited to bring it up next week. Um, let me let me give you a quick teaser, quick, quick preview. Um, so that me and Elena saw it uh, and there were two other people in the theater and they were sitting directly behind us. And um, after the movie was over, I kind of like looked up at them and looked at Elena and I looked at them again and I was like, that was probably one of the worst things I've ever laid my eyes on. <laughs> they were like, it was so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we might talk about that next week or we might not. Time moves on. It's Inbox. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 182 abridged my name is peter huntsbetech and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host justin makovich justin normally i'd ask you how you're doing normally we'd catch up a little bit but we're on a time crunch right now we're on a time crunch right now so we're we're gonna have to like speed run it i'll, I'll put a clock them. up i'll feel like we're playing competitive chess i'll every time we're done with the story we'll, oh, we'll yeah, slap yeah. the clock we'll slap it every, yeah every time we we get past the story we'll 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 yeah move on like that so yeah so we're, we're doing more of an abridged episode today uh just because of our our the time and um natural disasters so apologies for that but hopefully you understand um 
I will say this is a pretty good ad for our Patreon. If you want more of us, if, you, if you're sitting here going like, ah, man, I wanted more, but but there's not more. Patreon.com slash HitboxPod. If you're a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker, like GKS, like Josh Durham, uh, you'll get an additional 30-minute bonus episode every single week. Today, we're taking a look at Balatro. I keep on calling it, I keep on wanting to call it Baltro. Um, it's simply not the title. Um, but we're taking a look at that in, in our bonus episode. J- Justin's been playing it. I'm excited to hear more about it. Um, yeah, so, so if you're looking for more content from us, $3 a month, become a del- deluxe Patreon producer. Um, if not, that's fine. You can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod, uh, and you can rate this episode in, in your podcast player of choice. Don't think that I forgot about telling them to join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. I didn't. Uh, here's a quick preview of the news that is coming up just in a few minutes. Uh, Suicide Squad did not meet WB's sales expectations. Um, that was my best surprised voice. What? Um, a new Pokemon game is announced, and this week Sony wields the layoff hammer of doom. Uh, we're going to talk about all of those things and more. Before we do, Justin, join me in the Metacritic Roundup. Let's go. I'm begging you. Oh, same Metacritic I know we're trying to be quick. I know we're not trying to dwell on much, but I put this new sound on my soundboard, um, and I think it's very fun. I, I'm excited to use it, but I have no idea when it's going to happen, so I just wanted to share it with you real quick. I hear it. Um, it's, it's from the Eric Andre show, which I don't like very much, but I, it, what a fucking good transition. I mean, you need that every um, once in a while. Is, that, is this the new Metacritic like transition song? Um, no, but I guess it could be mm. transition for anything, couldn't it? Um, speaking could- of transitioning to this first game... Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, have you heard of this game? It's kind of like a, it's like an indie. No, I, um, I'm still pretty sure it's not coming out. <laughs> like, it's going to get fair, delayed. Fair. I'm pretty confident in that for some reason. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, obviously the sequel to the much anticipated Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, scored a 92 on the PlayStation 5. Uh, pretty much critical acclaim. Uh, it's not out yet. It's not even going to be out by the time Hitbox Day rolls around. Um, it's out on the 29th, which is this Thursday. Um, Justin 92 for final fantasy rebirth. What you think, man? I'm stoked. Uh, from everything I'm hearing about this game, it is what I want in a final fantasy game. Um, it is what I wanted from final fantasy 16 and didn't get. It's what I really wanted final fantasy seven remake to be. Um, and that is an open world with a lot of things to do. A lot of check marks to, to complete, um, and an even better improved combat system. Um, this is not really, like, I didn't get super, super in deep with, uh, to this, but did you play the Final Fantasy Integrate DLC by any chance? I didn't even finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> okay, okay. Not that you would need to. Um, and yeah. I don't think you need to before you play this game. I don't think it's going to necessarily hold you back. Um, you might want to read a story spoiler, by the way. Uh, I was going to do, I, I was going to, I wanted to play it before this came out. And then yeah. I always have these aspirations and they just never happen. Yes, game, I was, I was planning on, on doing a story. Sort of uh, GameSpot did a fantastic one, by the way. I highly recommend oh, okay. you, you catch up to it. Um, but, uh, the reason I bring that up is because the combat system in Final Fantasy VII Remake I thought was awesome to begin with. I loved the mixing of real-time combat with building up your ATB meter, and, like, it was just such, like, such the perfect kind of, like, what I'm looking for in an RPG. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm thinking constantly, but I'm also, like, building towards stuff and, like, actively moving around. Perfect combat for me. That's what I want. The fun thing is that Yuffie and her combat style was so different from everything else because I constantly keep forgetting that I'm building up an ATB meter because it is just so fun as you're playing the game to like do her actual like attack moves and the combos that she was doing completely changes that combat in a way that's fun and unique. Did you, are you playing it now? Did you, cause I don't remember you playing this. No, no. Yeah. I literally have just like kind of like started probably played like two hours. Oh, gotcha. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it, got yeah. It. So I, so for me, I'm not replaying the game. I also had aspirations of replaying remake because I wanted to, and I really enjoyed that game. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I have this thing called a life, so that's not happening. I'm barely gonna have time to yeah, play just remake. Time. Yeah, time. Yeah, time. Time is a fickle <laughs> mistress. I had to decide, and I haven't played. I haven't. I don't have it yet. Uh, it'll be a second until I do. Uh, I was like, well, am I gonna play remake or am I gonna play rebirth? 
like, yeah, <laughs> like think, that's what I'm going to have time for. you're to play Rebirth. But the, so the combat yeah. seemed to already like take a step up in that game and the Rebirth just seems to even more kind of like build that with all the different characters that you get to play. Um, and it looks like from what at least I'm looking at and seeing, the game looks like it follows a very similar story to what the original game did once you leave. Um, uh, uh, what's the name of that place called? I can't forget it. Midgar. Midgar, yeah, once you leave Midgar. Um, for better or for worse. And I haven't heard a lot of like spoilery stuff yet because I've been trying to avoid that. Um, but I would say the complaints about this game that are coming up pretty frequently um, are some of the pacing, specifically mid-game filler content. It feels like there's a lot of that. And if I, you... Yeah, go, go on. No, you go ahead. I have heard that this game um, suffers from the sort of frequent problem of Final Fantasy bloat. Yeah. Of, of like in that middle section of just like not necessary side stuff and, and whatever else. Now, if you'll remember, though, if in the original Final Fantasy seven, they have this whole carnival area that is like completely like where I think we're going to be going in this game that I think kind of climaxes in a, in a date that you can have with one of the characters. So, oh, I did know that. Yeah. So the thought and the hope of me, um, dating Barrett is one of my favorite things ever. Um, this was happening in one of our, in our group chat, um, uh, with, uh, button mashing and our fantasy people, but people were like freaking out about Tifa in the swimsuit. <laughs> And I'm like looking in the background. I see, is that Barrett? And Barrett's state- dressed as a sailor. <laughs> yeah, he he's dressed as a ripped sailor and everyone else is just staring at Tifa. Like, listen, look at the priorities. It's not a romantic thing, but like, you just got to appreciate that good, that good pop. You know what I mean? Barrett is a uh, good let me, pop. Let me, let me just say this. It's a, it's a party full of baddies on every front. <laughs> am I, am I wrong? Like, like, is that, is that controversial? It can't be. And it simply cannot be. I honestly think that is one of the strengths of this game too. Uh, for what I'm hearing in terms of the upgrades from final fantasy seven, the original to uh, rebirth, um, the characters and getting to know these characters and fleshing out these characters, um, like remake did. I think this game allegedly does it great. Um, uh, I, yeah. I hear, I hear a lot how cloud takes the back seat to a lot of these other characters, um, which I am, am cool with because let me tell you something that brainwashed bimbo is the least interesting part of final fantasy seven in my opinion um that, that brainwashed bimbo being cloud yeah <laughs> gotcha <laughs> um so um again i'm very excited for this game this has been circled on my calendar for a long time um and i will play this game um as soon as i can which will be thursday at like midnight 11 amazing amazing well we'll be right back and we're back. Uh, next game in the Metacritic Roundup is Brothers, colon, A Tale of Two Sons remake. Uh, this was announced, I think, at the Game Awards this past year. I had no idea that this was coming out uh, and is out uh, on Wednesday, Hitbox Day, as, as you're hearing this. Um, this is a remake of the Xbox 360 um, game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which was controlled with two thumbsticks. It was kind of it, the the precursor to um prison break what's that game called oh, oh a, way uh, no way out. a way out a way, a way out. out yes yeah and then um the uh, it takes two um scored a 78 on the ps5 and an 85 on the pc it is unscored on the xbox series x um sort of seems like it is landing around where the original game landed uh justin any interest in this no, I played the original one. Um, did you? Nope. And the thing I liked about it, it, it's it's like that brain break puzzle. Like, because you're literally at the same time controlling both of the characters. And, sure, sure. Um, I, th- maybe there's a multiplayer mode. I don't know. I don't think that would make it interesting. It was interesting because you were controlling both characters. And constantly, it just kind of rewires your brain. So really, at first, you're fighting with it and how awkward it feels. It just is not lining up with what I'm used to. But by the mm-hmm. end, like actually like going through these puzzles was actually a really kind of pleasurable experience. Um, uh, would I, Am I going to come back and play it? Absolutely not, because I guess this wasn't a game that I would say is an all-timer for me. And as we just said, I barely have time to play games I want to play, <laughs> let alone this one. Um, but I do recommend it just for um, it's the kind of unique experience that it does, the cute story that it tells. Um, and, uh, you know, 7-8 is not a, not a bad score. No, not at all. Justin, normally I talk a little bit more about how I feel about this, but we're on a fucking time crunch. I know. So wait, I wait, tell wait. You about wait. Helldivers 2. 
<laughs> and we're back. Helldivers 2. Um, very good video game. I've been playing a fuck ton of this. I've logged over 20 hours Woo! of Helldivers 2. It's so good, dude. Um, so so I want to just touch on uh, a few things here. Uh, the CEO has been uh, of, of Arrowhead Studios um, has been pretty outspoken on Twitter about the way that the... Um, Studios being run uh, because obviously they had some issues with server capacity and, and whatnot uh, when when the game came out and um, he tweeted out. Uh, I don't know if this is in response to something or what, um, but he basically said that, like, people have been asking, like, why don't you just why don't you hire more people in order to um, in order to combat some of the issues that, that you're having? And he basically said, like, honestly, uh, let's see, where's the quote here? It says the act of over hiring then uh, to then do layoffs is a horrible practice and a bad experience for employees. Um, and so I think that that is a pretty solid response to like the question of like, well, why don't you just hire more people? And it's like, because it's not sustainable to do it like that. Right. And unfortunately making games take time, you know, and a lot of people like, like I see, I've seen a lot of like the response to the server issues, which, which were pretty bad to, to just like be clear. They were pretty bad. It's clear that this studio did not expect this to be the hit that it is. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why don't they just increase the server capacity? And it's like, you fucking morons. That's what they're doing. They're working 24 hours a day to try and fix this. What are you talking about? Just increase the server capacity. And uh, I think he said there, like, because they're a small studio, right? I think he said there's like two people or three people on the back end, like trying to fix it. I'm like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Um, but if I, you know, if I was at the studio, I would just click the download servers button and then fix the problem. I, I would just move the move the number up from like two to like yeah. a million. It's really easy to do. I, I used to do that in Morrowind. I used to mod it, turn my like punch from like yeah, exactly. one to like ten thousand. It was great. Exactly. But um, I don't know. I. I, I, I <sighs> think this is nice <laughs> like it just right now with with what we're going to talk about a little bit later in terms of layoffs and whatever it's just nice to hear that there is a at least a studio ceo somewhere who is saying you know what we know how that goes and that it might is a temporary fix but it's overall the a worse move for our staff you know yeah um and i, I think it's just it's nice to hear and um, it seems like the issues are overall pretty fixed. It's still a little buggy here and there. Um, we, we, you know, in playing, I still encounter a bug or two. Like I'll get like it'll crash or like I'll get kicked from a match or something. But here's the thing, man. You can jump into any active game. So like if I'm playing and I'm already in a match and you want to play with me, you would literally just have to join my game and you just drop right into the to the level with me. So like. It's one of those things where like, yeah, crashes are suck. Yeah. You know, getting booted sucks. But at the end of the day, like being able to just jump back right in the action is like you can't stay mad at it for too long. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, every game has its issues here and there. And yeah. like, I mean, obviously they're working on them. They're not like they're just sitting here being like, well, that we've launched it, everyone. This yeah. game became a and massive hit out of, yes. I would say nowhere, out of nowhere. I had no interest in this. No, like yep. it wasn't even following this. And then I saw people talking about it. And I was like, huh, this seems kind of interesting. And then now I, like I'm, I'm hooked. Um, and, and yeah, they, I mean, like I haven't waited for in the server queue anymore. I think they, they're well over, I think 700,000. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's good. I'm liking it a lot. I've been able to purchase heavy artillery and um, it makes the runs a lot easier. I'll tell you that. Like you with know, your own money. Uh, no, within game currency. Oh, okay. I was like, dude, dude, we've hit that no. point. We, we've hit the we've hit the Candy Crush <sighs> threshold. So there is like a battle pass. So okay, okay, okay. So there is a battle. There is a free in-game battle pass that um, you unlock new weapons through, and you get medals for the battle pass by playing the game. There is a premium currency that you can buy that you can use to buy a premium battle pass, which just says other weapons. They're not necessarily better, but they are just like a little bit different than the ones that are in the regular battle pass. Uh, you can also use premium currency. There's just a store that has four, uh, uh, armor items that are on sale every single day. But again, the, for the most part, it's just a cosmetic thing because the types, the different types of armor are in the free battle pass that you get by just playing the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I, 
if it, if it's something at a certain point, you played it for 30 hours, you love the game, you want a little bit more of it, that's perfect. It sounds perfect. Yep. But the fact that you can play a game, regardless of how much you paid for it, but you're playing this game and you're still getting use out of it, you are you don't feel like you're required to do it in order to uh, have fun with it. That's the way to do battle passes. It should never be something you're required to do. It should always be something that you have an option to do if you want to do it. And, and also, I've seen people like accuse it of being like pay to win, but like... It's not because you can't use the premium currency to buy stuff that isn't in the store. And in this, the stuff that's in the store is just these four different pieces of armor. It's two helmets and two, two armor, like body pieces. Like you can't buy weapons with, with the IRL money. You know what I mean? And on top of that, it is not a PVP game yet, right? Yet it won't ever be. That's yeah, what they so, said. So that's another like part of this whole thing. Like if people really want to be those kind of people, the problem would be if the balance of the game wasn't fair. Right. Like, but and, like, and here's the thing too, though, like it feels unbalanced at the, at the start. Cause like you unlock like higher difficulty levels than, than what you have gear for. Yeah. So I, like, yes. So, okay. It, it, it's interesting too, because so there's like the battle pass, which is where you unlock new items. Right. But then also there are like, they're called um, stratagems, which are the, like the like airstrikes that you call in and you buy those from a different store. But it's an in-game store and it's not, you know, it, it's currency you get from playing the game. It's like experience points, essentially. And then so you get you unlock like better weapons and better artillery that you can call in as you play more and get more experience and level up and stuff. So like not pay to win because you literally cannot buy those with real money. So suck Um, suck it haters suck it suck it haters um i'm also playing persona 3 reload and let me just say justin i have hit the 50 hour mark and that story gets pretty good (laughs) some some developments have happened let me just say if you know you know october 4th never forget october 4th i'm not gonna not anytime soon that's for sure is this another one of those uh, JRPGs where you have to play it for like 15 hours before it really starts to hit? Um, I'll say, yeah, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like it hit before it's just like the story. It's like, like it wasn't bad before, but like the story has ramped up and gotten quite interesting as more things have unraveled. See, um, t- to like defend that, I honestly think if you are enjoying the game enough to keep playing it and you get to 15 hours and like, and this moment happens in it that like makes it even more special that is awesome that's what you want from a game you don't want it to get be good in the first 10 hours and be the same after that you want it to improve and get better it has come i'm kind of like ready to be done with it just because like i've got other stuff to do you know but like yeah. it like the story sort of twists that have happened have compelled me to continue playing it yeah you know what i mean so so exactly what you're saying yeah um but uh if you're interested my uh persona 3 comparison video where i played portable and this one um is up on youtube.com on the dual shockers channel. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, you can check that out. Justin enough about me. I want to hear, wait, hold on a second about Bellatro right after this. And we're back. Justin Bellatro, a card video game. So like I was spending all weekend trying to talk about this game because a fucking poker roguelike talk about that. But then you said something that truly just threw me for a loop. Bellatro? How do you... I keep saying Bellatro, but I don't know if that's right. Bellatro? Bellatro? I I guess I've never heard someone say it yet. All right, let me... I'm going to go to... I'm on a pronunciation, pronunciation of Bellatro. What does it mean? Uh, It is like a medieval gesture. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Um, Funny enough, no one is saying it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. This says, I broke... uh, It doesn't say it. Like, this is one of the few games that you wish would just fucking say it. Bellatro. 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 So now I'm going to have to learn how to say it again. Okay. I've been playing Bellatro. That sound mm-hmm. good? Okay. Yep. Which, as I said, is a fucking poker roguelike. And yeah, so, the, so run me through that. The the basic premise of the game, the first time you are playing it, you are playing against a number. Um, and that number is like three hundred to start. 
And in order to get points towards that number, um, you have to play uh, a hand of seven-card poker, where you get seven cards and you have to play either you know one card, two card, or up to five cards from your hand. And in that hand, you can make a you know a high card, a pair, um, three of a kind, flush, a straight, a full house. You know the the poker cards, and you get a specific number of chips for each one of those hands with them getting increasingly better. A high card is one number, a pair is another number, um, you know, uh, three of a kind is another, and it keeps increasing. And then you get additional chips based on the value of your card. So you will get, um, a, you know, if you have a 10, you get 10 extra chips. If you have a nine, you get nine extra chips, eight, eight extra chips, so on and so forth. So it starts off pretty simply. You have four hands to get your multiplier up to 300, that first number. And then the number gets higher, goes to 450. But after each deal that you play or each number that you beat, a round that you do, um, you get to go to a store like a roguelike. And you get money after playing each one of those that you can use to buy different card upgrades. You can level up how many chips you get um, from doing like a two of a kind. Uh, or you can uh, do like permanent cards that get added to your deck, or mm-hmm. you can alter cards in your deck to give it different modifiers. Or the real rub of the game is you can use that money to buy Joker cards, and Joker cards essentially add multipliers to what you play with a different set of rules, and they are basically what make it the roguelike because each run is drastically different depending on which Joker cards you have. So at a single game, generally, the base number of Joker cards you can have are five Joker cards. Okay. And the abilities range from you put this Joker card down, it gives you a four-time multiplier on all of your chips, to ranging from you get an extra 120 chips if you don't use any of your discards, or... Um, you get an increasing multiplier each time you don't play a face card in one of your hands. Or um, you get um, a special modifier if you have a certain amount of cards in your deck. Or you get a multiplier if you play spade cards, or so on and so forth. So there's all 150 different jokers that modify the amount of multipliers and chips you get for each hand. So when the numbers go up increasingly from 300 to 450 to 600 to 1,000 to 1,200, so on and so forth, you should hopefully have enough joker cards to make your multipliers go exponentially higher. Or you can upgrade your uh, the chips you get from making a set, two of a kind, whatever and so forth. Does okay. that kind of make sense on its base level? Yes. This seems like the sort of thing that is probably best in motion. Exactly. Exactly. Where, where, where like it's complicated, but like actually like playing it, it's it's a little bit easier. Service level, it's poker, and you play a hand of poker, you get chips. The thing that kind of does the wrinkle to it is eventually you can start getting more chips and more multiplier multipliers by changing some of the the rules. And the cool thing is a lot of these things kind of the jokers will kind of end up playing with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Like you get a 16 time bonus if you don't have any more discards left in your hand or uh, you uh, also get an extra chip multiplier by discarding a card. So those two cards work together. So you get more chips, and if you have no more uh, discards left, then you get um, a bigger multiplayer on top of that. So it kind of like incentivizes you to, every time you play a hand, discard everything and just play with what you got. Sure. So every time you're playing, there are three rounds that you play. You have your, your small blind, your big blind, and your boss character. There are boss characters that add some sort of wrinkle to what happens. And sometimes they can really screw you up or screw the run up. For example, there was one time, uh, there was this one, it was called the Psychic. And it was like, you must play five cards in every hand, no matter what. So if you had a two of a kind, you would have to play your two of a kind with three additional cards on top of it for that two of a kind to count. I keep forgetting that, so I'll play like a two of a kind, and then it it won't score anything. And I'm like, damn it! There was another time where um, my deck was built on discarding cards uh, to get extra points, but it would start me off with zero discards. So my entire deck 
was ruined. It was my run was ruined because my deck was built to discard cards and I couldn't discard any cards just the way mm-hmm. it kind of ran. Um, there was another time that got to a boss that, um, made me like, it, like nullified face cards. And I was like, I only use face cards in this deck. I'm in trouble. So there's all these different things that, that happen, but the more you play, um, the permanent unlocks are just what shows up in the shop. It's not like you get like a, a permanent multiplier that, that happens all the time. You get new jokers that unlock that can change the modifiers and be better. And you get so, some of them are more rare than others that do better things. Other ones are just kind of basic and you want to get rid of them as soon as possible. Um, it is really a fascinating poker game at its core. But the reason I like it is not because I like poker. I like it because I keep feeling like I can do better on the next run. I can do better on the next run. Yeah. And the runs sometimes take me like 30 minutes. <laughs> like if you're really like going about it and like it gets frustrating because, and this is why this is my criticism of not the game, but roguelikes in general. I hate yeah. when you are doing something for 30 minutes and you get to that one boss that it just fucks you over and just wastes all that time. Same thing yes. happened. Uh, Returnal was the perfect Returnal. example of yeah. that. That's why playing <laughs> with two people was great because it was, it gives you that extra little like, um, that extra little like uh, security blanket, um, yeah. But the game is fifteen bucks. It's fourteen ninety nine. Bought it on my Switch. Um, I, I was I on. Was a, say you're playing on Switch. Yeah, I was on a trip this weekend. Literally played it for oh, like two whole plane rides that I was on, and I didn't even notice that the time was gone. Um, and then yeah. like when we come back from like going out uh, on our little vacation, I'd come back and I'd like play a run of it before we, we got ready or something like that. It is very addictive. It is very fun. It is one of those things that seems complicated at first, but once you start to get the rules, it is. There's a lot of strategy that goes involved with it. And I never feel like I've had the same strategy every time I played the game. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty great. Um, to be honest, I am probably going to pick this up at some point. Um, just because that sounds pretty fun. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it sounds right up my alley too, with just like loving, like, like casino card games. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like card games, like video game card games don't really do it for me. You're like slay the spires yeah, or yeah. whatever. But like, just because I am a fan of like, like playing card, not like, not like trading card games or whatever, like, like playing card games, like, like this sounds right up my alley. And, and, um, and if you're into poker, you'll like this game. If you're into roguelikes, you'll like this game. If you're into just yeah. strategy and planning things out, you will like this game. So I definitely feel like it's up your alley. It's one of those things that's hard to, to explain until you start playing it. Um, even if you watch someone playing it, you're like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, so like, uh, I, I think you would you would like it, and I do recommend this strongly. Um, this mm-hmm. game initially came out to like a crazy ninety four Metacritic score. It's, it's huge. Um, yeah, it has. Do we do we have it in the Metacritic roundup? I don't know if we did recently, but it's currently at an eighty nine. Um, so it kind of lowered a little bit. I think it actually dropped when we were recording an episode, and I think we brought it up the next week. Um, oh, gotcha. But, so uh, just just to clarify, it is um, eighty nine on PC, ninety on PS five, ninety on Switch unscored on xbox one xbox series x and ps4 but i mean it's, it's on everything um the uh, the thing i just want to like bring up here this game is doing really well too um in eight hours the game grossed one million dollars and made back its uh b- basic budget yeah that's pretty wild i mean and who made this um it was made by uh, a solo developer's debut game are you kidding me yeah so that's awesome. Who would have thought? <laughs> Local Thunk. Hey, is this, is man. This guy's name. Um, I think Playstack. That's awesome. Playstack is the publisher of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's their fastest selling game in their eight year history too. Um, this is according to an article on GamesIndustry.biz. Um, Balatro grossed one million in eight hours. Written and um, uh, edited by James Bachelor. I wonder if that guy is married. Um, you th- either way, it's funny. Yeah. Do you think he, do you think like the wife would take the name or he would take his wife's name with that particular last name? I mean, unless her last name is Bachelorette, then like... or widow. <laughs> oh yeah. That's rough. That's rough. That's this stuff. Um, yeah, damn, a solo dev. I love that those sorts of stories, though. I mean, I've talked about this a few times, maybe on the podcast, um, but like a single 21-year-old kid made Lethal Company. Crazy. Um, which I've played a fair amount of. Um, 
and the game made $56 million mm. in 2023. It, it came out in October. So like insane. And it was his first game. He made, he made games on Roblox and then just built this game and it went fucking huge. So like insane. Um, Justin, let's talk about the news right after this. Let's talk about the news. Let's do it. First things first, IGN unionizes. We'll talk details right after this. <laughs> Am I beating a dead horse here? No, 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 no. Am I? No. Is, is it? Did it stop being funny and then now it's funny again? Or no, did it? No, trust, trust yeah, me. Okay. That, that dead horse just gave us a hooves up to keep going. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, All four hooves are up literally on it. An investigation at 10. Um, IGN uh, formed a union called the IGN Creators Guild. Uh, this was a few weeks ago. We didn't touch on this. I think it just sort of slipped through the cracks for us. Um, it was created and they had a petition to see if they couldn't get um, the top dogs at Red Ventures. Is it Red Ventures or is it Ziff Davis? Ziff Davis. Ziff yeah. Davis. Um, to recognize them voluntarily. And after what, two, three weeks here, um, they have been voluntarily recognized by Ziff Davis, which is very exciting. Um, it just means that they are going to have a lot more bargaining power um, than they would if they were not in a union, which I think is just fantastic. And especially like we have just seen just such a nightmare landscape for the games industry. I mean, we're going to talk even more about that, but like, you know, it, it's bad for game devs, obviously. Like, I'm not going to even like, like, I hope you understand. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But like, hey, the landscape for games media is also fucking terrible right now. Um, so the fact that that there is some worker solidarity here uh, and, and worker um, uh, just union uh, is is pretty fantastic. I don't have much to say about this other than just like, hey, good job, IGN. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, unions. Are, I think unions are great. Um, uh, I understand why a company would have uh, some hesitancy about um, wanting people to unionize <laughs> because you're obviously giving your workers more rights and more protections. Go figure. That's something companies are afraid Not what of. The, what the big wigs want, right? Yeah. But. And the 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 way to kind of like say that it, it can be expensive. And I think IGN is privileged enough to like be able to afford and people want to work at IGN enough to be able to afford this and to be able to support its workers. And the fact that they did it voluntarily is a fantastic development. Not that they had to do that, but it is a fantastic development. Um, but there are other publishers out there that it gets a lot harder for this to happen to. So IGN doing this, I think is a big thing for the industry. Um, and I only hope it starts a trickle down effect with these bigger publications because they need it. I was going to say, I hope it, I hope it paves the way uh, for, for other publications to do that. Uh, just because yeah, it, it IGN being able to do it. I, to be honest, I didn't think that they were going to ever volunteer that Ziff Davis was going to uh, recognize it. Um, just because as you said, it's just not in the, it is not in their interest to do that um, if financially, right? Uh, at least that's how it would seem. I think it is in their interest financially because when your workers are happy and protected and safe, they're going to do better jobs for you and they're not going to have to, you know, keep one foot out the door as they, as they look for other stuff. But um, yeah, just I, I'm very excited about this for, for all of those people. There. And if I can get, um, get in my soapbox real quick, uh, just yeah. make sure that if your company does in fact have a union wherever you work, um, and they have the option to be a part of that union. You should be a part of that union. It helps everyone. It helps your company. Yep. It helps the industry you're in. It helps literally everything. Um, and those, it helps your coworkers. It helps your coworkers significantly. Um, and the stronger and more support a union has, the better it is. Um, so just just do it. Trust trust me. Trust me. It's it's going to be helpful and it's going to be great. So. Yes, agreed. Um, up next here, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Has. Um, not met the expectations that um, w WB Games um, had, which um, that makes sense to me. Apparently, this information was revealed during a financial call um, when Gunnar uh, Weidenfels, who is uh, Warner Bros. Discovery's chief financial officer, CFO, um, said that the game... Uh, has not done, uh, has quote, fallen short of our expectations. So I, I don't know. They have not like outlined exactly what, um, 
those expectations were. But I mean, I think it's 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 a little rough. I mean, it, on Steam, they they peaked with at just over thirteen thousand concurrent players, and then now, um, what two weeks later, uh, they had a twenty four hour peak of eight hundred and eighty eight. So it's just not performing particularly well. I think this makes sense. This game is not is not received specifically very well. Um, but Justin, what wh- what do you think of this? Yeah, I think uh, it. I wonder when they like updated their their projections for how much it was going to make because like it like it, any like this game has been through this like this this hellish development cycle, hellish press cycle. Everything about it has never gotten a positive word. To be honest, um, yeah. And when you initially um, have this, you know, uh, the fame studio coming together to create another property that people are excited about. Yeah, I can understand why expectations would be set high. Um, but I don't care what the studio is, rock steady aside. Um, I don't care what the property is, you know, DC aside. If the game isn't good, it's not going to sell well. And yeah. you can look at Hogwarts Legacy and say that was the best-selling game of 2023, Hogwarts Legacy was a good game. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is not. And I also think like, like, okay, you want to compare like, like, yes, like, like people bought Hogwarts Legacy because it was a perfectly fine open world game, right? Like, like fun enough, whatever. But like, they didn't buy it because of the game. They bought it because it's Harry Potter, which is one of the, you know, like most successful I, you know, intellectual pop properties of all time, right? DC is as well, but is the suicide squad? No, it's just not right. So, um, um and a fun, unfortunate, f- yeah, was say, that- fun fact, a uh, hell divers two is $40 and suicide squad killer justice league is $70. So you do that math in your head and decide which one you want to buy. And, and also like, think about like, it just the, the way that those two games are sort of diametrically opposed in terms of like what they're about, right? Helldiver Suicide Squad is about getting you to log in every single day and, and play right now so that you can buy the next loot box. Or you can buy the next skin or whatever the fuck they do with that game. Right. Whereas Helldivers two is not about that. It's about having fun. And, and the, the studio behind it has said like, we're not doing PVP because we think that that it creates toxic communities and our game is about having fucking fun. Like couldn't, couldn't be any more diametrically opposed there, but there you go. Justin, there was a part, uh, Nintendo direct partner showcase this past week, uh, where we saw a handful of things. This was heavily sort of speculated after, um, the information that some Xbox games would be making going multi-platform. Uh, we got some confirmation here. We got grounded and, um, uh, Pentiment, uh, Pentiment was shown for maybe five seconds at yeah. the very end of this. That's how interesting um, that game looks to me. Uh, I, I wish I liked it more. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get into it. Yeah. Uh, but those two games are going to be on the N- Nintendo Switch. And then we know uh, from later announcements that Hi-Fi Rush and um, what's the last one? I'm forgetting. Hi-Fi Rush. And... Uh, sea of Thieves. Sea of believe, Thieves, yes, yes. Will be on, on uh, PlayStation and Switch as well. Um, it's interesting. People were talking about how on PS fives, this is an aside, sorry, Pentiment runs at 120 frames a second, but it only runs 60 on Xbox series X, which of course we should all be wondering who cares. This is a text-based narrative game. (laughs) What the fuck do you guys care? What frame rate fucking Pentiment runs at? What are you talking? You need some frame perfect inputs in there. Come on now. I mean, have you tried, have you tried to speed run it, man? I tried to do uh, some dialogue skips and um, just didn't work out for you. Bill. Did you put it? No. Did you make the language in uh, Japanese? It goes a lot quicker. <laughs> so just... no, but I did. I had there. You have two options in terms of the font they use, and I used the much simpler one because I was like, I can't read this. Yeah, shit. I, I, who am I? <laughs> um, but there are a handful of things that, that seem sort of interesting here. We uh, got the announcement that there is a unicorn, a unicorn overlord demo. This is the next game from Vanillaware, published by Atlas. Vanillaware made. Um, 13 Sentinels Egg is Rim. Uh, we get the announcement that a uh, Epic Mickey Rebrushed, which is a remake of Epic Mickey, which is a game from the Wii. And then I think m- maybe the biggest thing here, because um, this is all just like partner stuff, um, 
apart from the Xbox stuff, was the announcement that um, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is getting a definitive edition called Shin Megami Tensei 5 Vengeance um, coming to all platforms. Um, it's it's similar to how they do how Atlas does a lot of their sort of definitive editions where it's the base game and then um, additional content. Um, so there you go. Woo. Anything you have to say about all this? Nah. <laughs> yeah, not, not a whole lot. There, there, yeah, there I wasn't mean, much that really I mean, there's, there me, was but. something for someone. I don't think any of it was for me, but uh, that's fine. Um, I did get a release date for uh, World of Goo 2, as well as um, a game that I've been semi-interested in was another Crab's Treasure. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, that's like a Souls-like with a crab, well, like you put different crab shells on to get different powers and stuff like that. So it's like mortal shell, but with crabs. It looks kind of interesting. That's actually a great way to, to, uh, to, to uh, explain it. I uh, I talked to one of the devs, uh, when I was in in LA in December, and and he was was super jazzed about it. Uh, I knew it because uh, do you know Iron Pineapple? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he he featured it in one of his videos, and I was like, oh, this looks cute and and charming, and and there was some stuff in there that I thought looked kind of interesting. So yes, um, yeah, that, that's on my radar. I picked that up on our fantasy league. Oh, enjoy um, your seventy eight. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, um, but I'll say this: in a year where there's a lot of people in that fantasy league in a year where there's a lot of games coming out uh, that are getting scooped. All the big ones are getting scooped up real fast. You know, those, those at least scoring points, I think is going to be a big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. For, especially towards the, in the second half of which, the year when we're having to pick up random shit, which is why getting uh, South park snow day is really going to help me to this day. Yeah. It's really, 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 I'm hearing so many uh, good things about it. It did have a trailer, I believe at the Nintendo thing. I'm just saying it looked pretty good. So if it's on a Nintendo <laughs> platform, I mean, it's going to be good. There's a, there's a certain level of quality that South Park, whatever it's called, Snow Day, uh, has. It'll sit on the eShop right next to the 90 fucking visual novel, like uh, uh, like Tetris-like games. Where you take off every single time you do clothes. a line of, of Tetris, yeah, it just takes another layer off of a of a still image of an anime lady. Oh, I think I say an onion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just peels that. Yeah, onion. you get to that sound um, of that onion, man. Make you cry every time. Also in Nintendo news, uh, this is sort of breaking just this afternoon. Nintendo is suing the creators of the uh, of Yuzu, which is a Switch emulator. Um, they say that they are looking for um, damages for uh, b- b- damages that the emulator caused. Allegedly, according to Yuzu, Tears of the Kingdom was downloaded one million times off of the emulator uh not off of the emulator to the emulator um before the game actually released i i would say that is a significant cause for nintendo to be nervous however um i think that there are like i i wonder what there what other solutions there are to this other than just like suing this suing this guy and and shutting this all down you know what i mean um we're we're sort of in an age where and again i'm not sure exactly what the solution here is but to my understanding things like piracy and stuff like that go down and theft go down when media is available right i think that a lot less people would pirate games like let's say like classic Nintendo games, right? And em- pirate and emulate classic Nintendo games if they were like available to be played on new Nintendo hardware, right? In in a way that is faithful to the original. Um, so so I'm I'm curious what the end game for Nintendo is with this sort of thing. But Justin, what do you think? I mean, I I think the end game for Nintendo is just that they are if they have an opportunity to win a suit, they will sue you. Um, oh, and I don't think that's oh, be, yeah. I don't think that's being greedy on them. I think that is like losing sales out to them. Plus, with it being on an emulator, people haven't hasn't this been the one that people have been modding and, and changing? I don't know. I don't know if it is for sure, but like just to do that and even change the actual like, you know, the makeup of what that game is, I see it like that is an issue that Nintendo is going to want to make sure that they stop doing. And like f- like I think emulators can be great for video game preservation where you can literally Agreed. not get a game anymore. However, this is not that case at this point. Um and I think like uh I remember being a a, a poor high school college student and I would 
try to download things to try to save some money. Um, and that is me being someone who has the means to buy stuff. And I'm sure there are other people who, if they have the opportunity, they would never pay a, a cent for a game if they could. Um, yeah. But and and I, I do agree that like a million downloads before the game comes out, if that's true, is a significant number, right? And and I would say Nintendo definitely has cause to be concerned about that number. But yeah, yeah. I, I I just also know that they as a company are are pretty um adamant on shutting down emulation even for games that like just aren't available or in a format that just doesn't work anymore like they shut down like smash tournaments and stuff like that even where it's just like the gamecube just like can't like smash melee like doesn't have the ability to do what they needed to do you know what i mean i, I do have to say the the thing I, I do like as much as nintendo can get annoying i feel like the world of the internet has become so hard for people to uh have ownership of material on it and nintendo yeah, seems to be one of the few like gaming companies that really holds on to its intellectual property in a way that make the internet makes it very hard to do whether it's emulation or even running tournaments with their games and things like that like yeah i understand why it's not user friendly i understand why their whole youtube partner program was annoying and an issue for a lot of people who made careers out of this kind of stuff but um with the unregulated world that the internet is it is something that i I, not i don't feel like more companies should do i mean a lot of companies probably need to do at a certain point (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so there you go um next thing here is the playstation presentation that happened today um a handful of headlines it was about 12 minutes long um handful of things that got announced the only thing though wait, that wait, i think wait, play, is playstation yes pokemon oh, sorry okay. did no, i say yeah, playstation yeah, yeah. no uh, no you know you didn't you did everything perfectly i'm ex- i'm gonna be interested to edit this <laughs> uh, I will for sure for sure i said playstation pokemon presents uh 12 minutes long uh, a bunch of stuff i didn't give a fuck about <laughs> and then um pokemon legends za just a truly awful name, uh, which is the next in the Pokemon Legends series. Like, what, the, what does that mean? Z-A. I don't know. It looks, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Z-A. It's not even Za. It's just Pokemon Legends colon Z-A um, is the next of the Pokemon Legends series, obviously taking after Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, we just got a teaser. We didn't really see much of what it was other than it is going to, it seems, take place in uh, Lumios City. Uh, which is the city from Pokemon X and Y. And um, it's supposed to be like the Pokemon version of Paris. This game comes out in 2025. Oh. We have heard nothing else about this. Um, yeah, not much to say other than just there is more Pokemon Legends games coming out. What do you think? Put on your tinfoil hat, listeners. You want to hear a gr- you want to hear the wonderful launch game of the Switch 2? It is called Pokemon uh Arceus Legends uh, X Z to the colon 2. Whatever that f- What is it called? Pokemon <laughs> Legends ZA. What you kind of came up with it was a Pokemon Cross Kingdom Hearts title. <laughs> um, um yeah, you know, but for the, on the Switch 2, I'm I'm going to be excited to see truly what the low end of Switch games can be um for for that console like you're you're saying that with a little bit of a smirk right (laughs) i mean it's gonna it's gonna be like like everyone's like oh my gosh i can't wait like like they're gonna fix so much they're not they won't i don't think they are but i think it'll run drastically better than it would on a switch i wonder I wonder, like, like, uh, no, 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 because, like, like, you know, we we've talked about this. It's not a hard. It's it's not necessarily a hardware issue for what they do. It is a an optimization issue. It is a coding issue. We've talked comparisons endlessly about like other open world games that run on the Switch that run fantastic, look great, and like, I, I Pokemon games don't run great. They don't look great anymore, and I think it's just from a lack of uh, design. Uh, uh, solid design right and, and so like I don't know if you can fix that with just making the hardware better you can't fix the area design that I really didn't like in Pokemon Legends RCS you can't fix the what those textures look like you know I still think uh, I always look at RCS as being like a tech demo and I would hope that if they started to develop that game after RCS to be like all right now we're gonna have this new system we know what things are, are wrong again I'm being hopeful here I don't want to I don't yeah. want to I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth um but it's so funny when when Arceus came out. I'm like, it can't get worse than this, right? 
It did. It, boy, did it. It did. And, it and that's the thing. It really and truly did. <laughs> that's the thing, though, right? Where it's just like those two games, I think, just show like they're not good at making games. You know, like, like, like I think that the loop of Pokemon is fun enough, but like they're just not good at like technically creating games. Um, and, and like, you know, we've talked about before, people love to point at, at those games and be like, oh my gosh, the Switch is such outdated hardware. But then like play Tears of the Kingdom, a fantastic open world game. Play Xenoblade Chronicles 3, another fantastic open world game that runs fantastic on that, that hardware. Like, yeah, I don't know. But so yeah, that's the only that's the only headline I, I really took any interest in. Um, other than I, I liked that, um, so they're doing a mobile version of the Pokemon TG, TCG game. I love the title of this game. So it is Pokemon Trading Card Game Pocket, and I just like I know like that's like the brand right. It's called like Pokemon Trading Card Game, is like you know for their cards and whatever. But like just such an awkward clunky title of Pokemon trading card game pocket. It reminds me of like when, when in Nintendo directs, it always feels so like stilted when they say like, please enjoy the Pikmin four game. Like <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's like a weird way to say it. Um, it's just silly. Proper nouns are funny. They are they are specifically um, Pokemon nouns. Agreed. Final thing here um, is Sony. You know them. They um, are laying off 900 employees. Uh, they have shut down uh, London Studio, which developed um, has, has has been a, a long-standing PlayStation Studio. Um, they did a lot of like like uh, what's it called like hardware gimmick things. Like they did the SingStar games and, and stuff like that. But more recently, they they moved on to VR titles, and they did. Um, uh, I think their most notable title was Blood and Truth. Um, yeah, that that studio has been shut down. Um, people were, are sort of showing a lot of. There, there's this image of Jim Ryan at London Studio five days ago. He took photos with the the employees there, and people are just pointing out like, "Hey, this sucks. That sucks to just even go there." And when you know that this is coming, um, and, and so on top of the so so 900 employees being laid off, London Studio is shut down. Um, this is from Tom Warren tweeting about this, saying. Um, reductions at the fire sprite studio um, and then also impacts employees across all regions the two big studios that have also been confirmed to be getting hit are um, insomniac games and naughty dog which just it's insanity right like those are i would say probably playstation's two most premium studios maybe sony santa monica's in there i could hear an argument for it but i would say that those are the two most primo studios that they have and yet they're still hit, getting hit with layoffs, right? Spider-Man is the most profitable game they've ever made. It costs the most, Spider-Man 2, costs the most, but it's the most profitable game they've ever made. And yet, no one is safe from, from the, this just absolute monster of an industry. What do you think, Justin? I think it's showing that uh, there are a lot of issues with how game development works. Um, and I think this goes to tie this all full circle. This goes back to what you were talking about with the hell divers devs saying yeah. how hiring more people to fix issues short term isn't a good practice for your business. And you might look at Naughty Dog. Well, Naughty Dog makes sense to me why they had layoffs after they've canceled a, a whole game that they were working on for years. Um, yeah. The Insomniac one, I'm sure that has to lead towards um, the fact that to get that game out, they needed to have uh, an influx of hiring at the end of its dev cycle to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And while, yeah, we appreciate having a fucking awesome uh, 2023 of video games, um, a lot of what we're seeing this year uh, was the blood paid to get that year. And I think it's yeah. getting more and more just sad that that is the state of the industry, that these kind of like bubble hiring situations just keep happening um, and uh, video game developers aren't really trying to make careers at their studios as much as they're trying to get games out as fast as they can, which, you know, people keep buying them, so. Yeah, I, I've seen people compare this to the sort of like major film studio crash of like the 1950s where like movies just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and costing more and more and more and then just it all burst because like, it just wasn't sustainable. And like, I, I just am curious about what that point is going to be for this industry. 
and what is going to happen as a result because people expect a certain amount of like fidelity and, and quality out of video games now. And I mean, if you lose the budget of $315 million for Spider-Man two, how do you make all of the puddles reflect and look accurate, like photo accurate photos of New York city? If you, if you, if you slash that budget in half, right. Or even a quarter, like, how do you do that? People expect games to look a certain way at this point. And so how do you, how do you scale back from here without like making people upset about what your games look like and play like and, and whatnot. But, uh, so apparently one of the, um, casualties of this is according to Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, um, Fire Sprite, the, the studio that I mentioned before, um, that was hit with the layoffs, was working on a twisted metal game that was not greenlit um, at Sony, but it has been uh, canned. Um, I don't know of too many people, like gaming fans specifically, who are going to be totally missing out on a new twisted metal game. Um, but it sucks that just stuff gets canceled like, like this as a result of layoffs and, and stuff like that. What do you think? Yeah, it's always interesting too, like looking at these layoffs and stuff like that, how many missed opportunities and projects that that were being worked on that are going to be canceled and canned. This happens yeah. all the time in businesses when, when layoffs happen or restructures happening that um, the, the potential of these cool new projects will never get to see the light of day because of that. Um, and yeah, while I'm not jazzed about a live service twisted metal game, you never know. Maybe it would be a game that would have hit. Maybe it would have been something that would have caught our fancy. Maybe it would have been something great, or maybe it wouldn't have been, but like, you never know. And you know, when people are working on something, even before it's green lit, they're not like doing something just to like, you know, get a paycheck. They want I, anyone. Well, I don't want to say anyone, uh, people work on stuff. They want it to be good. Yeah. And, and, right. Exactly. Like, like I, I think that. I mean, if the game was good, I'd give it a shot. I'm deep into Helldivers 2. No interest, you know? And it's the sort of thing where, like, I'm not trying to make light of, of these, these games being canceled, right? But, like, I feel like I would have been of the opinion, like, okay, if Helldivers 2 got shut down, I'd be like, I don't know who's going to be totally missing this. And now I know I would be missing it, right? Um, so, so, like, yeah, it's a bummer is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of, of it being canceled at all. Um, but perhaps people will just have to take the second season of that TV show as a consolation prize. Perhaps, uh, I, I heard it was all right. I, yeah, I was going to make a reference to twisted metal when you said that, like, it's going to be gnarly dude, but I literally have nothing in there. Did I say that? And I've never, no, I know. I just, that, I, I had nothing. I had nothing in there. It's twisted. It's metal it's uh clown in an ice cream truck i don't know where i'm going with this yeah what's his name like Babyface or something like that yeah like like kid cuddy or is he or is he like it's either like Babyface or like murder fuck sticko or something like that <laughs> uh, it's munchies what uh clown clown killer clown it's sweet uh, tooth sweet tooth hmm yeah checks out yeah. He, I got yeah. nothing, nothing to say about Sweet Tooth. That's all the references I, I have nothing I to know. say about any of this. Do you know the, yeah. what's the main character's name? Like Jiminy or something? Anthony Mackey. Well, Tick yeah. <laughs> that's my impression of him. That's the only On your left. Only wait, no, that is, wait, that's that's Captain who says that. That's what I think of. No, but he, but he says it he says it in um in oh, he, he gets back to him. The, oh, yeah. that, that's a pretty big scene, right? It's a pretty good scene. It's a yes. pretty good one right there. <sighs> um so, Madam Web, uh, the most recent Marvel movie. <laughs> and that's uh, was, all the time Elena. we have for... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw it with Elena and then... Wait, no, stop! <laughs> uh, I saw it with Elena and as soon as in association with Marvel Comics or whatever it is shows up, I, I leaned over and I was like, that's how you know the movie's going to be bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, there you go. That is the news for the week. Justin, uh, I cannot believe that we got through this is what i would call a pretty busy news week in just yeah. over an hour um thank you so much for listening if you want more of us if you were disappointed by this only being one hour as a result of these dang twisters um you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay noel gks josh durham and 
Mr. Dave Parker. Um, you can get all of our bonus episodes. We are at, I think, the 90 mark at this point, or maybe it's 89. Uh, we're, we're up there. So if you want more of us, you can find us there. If you don't want to, if you don't want any of that, you can still become a $1 podcast producer or just join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. You can also rate this podcast in your podcast player of choice. Justin, am I forgetting anything? Answer right after this. Now I'm abusing. I should take this away. No, I'm no. Abusing this. If anything, you're gonna add more. Boy, <laughs> did that come through? It did. It did. I heard that clearly, loud and clear. Hear that, Noah? Yeah. Lance wants something a bit meatier. Yeah. I'm the girl with the gun. Yeah, you are. And my personal favorite. I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. 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 <laughs> um, am I forgetting anything, Justin? <laughs> no, you got it. You nailed it. 10 out of 10. Sweet. Well, we will catch you next week then. Hopefully no more uh, uh, tornadoes come our way. Always remember, old games are old. Stay safe out there. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>